Disclaimer. Please do not email us about the historical inaccuracies we are sure to make. We are not historians. We are idiots. Welcome to Anachronismo. I'm Max. I'm Jackie. I'm Noel. And today I'm going to be talking about the Shakers. And I'm going to be talking about James Strang of the Strangites, an offshoot of the Mormons. Ooh, that sounds murdery. I like this. It does involve murder. I like the sound of this. Ah, Strangites or Stranglerites? I had the temptation reading this whole story about just saying, calling him James Strange of the Strangeites, mm-hmm. but no, it's uh, Strangites, so not Stranglerites. Do they, do they grow from the top or the bottom of the cave? From the top. I'm getting a lot of weird looks because no, I'm well, making when my you, great stalactite goof here. When you strangle someone, they dangle. Oh, yeah, and then you attach them to the top of a cave Yeah, by their, uh, by their head. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I thought, man, I thought you thought people grew out of caves. Drip by drip. <laughs> That's where I was taught people came from. Where, well, where do you, you think... were taught super wrong. <laughs> okay, well, where do you think babies come from? Storks? Huh. Yeah. Really? No. They come from eggs delivered by storks. Oh, okay. That's yeah. Cra- that's crazy. No. Because people are clearly extruded out of caves. You know, that's where stalactites, stalagmites, and stalagmoms come from. You know, I always forgot to look up about stalagmoms. Most do. Everyone remembers the mnemonic taser top, but no one remembers that M is for mom. Listen, next stalagmoms day, be sure to send your stalagmom a card. I would use um this card that I saw at CBS. It, w- it was covered in porpoises, little images of porpoises, and on the inside it said, this is an all-poipus card. Oh. So I would use that for my Slag Mom's Day present, because I don't think we'll find one of those in CBS. I definitely won't find one of those in a cave. Why? Why did my little bunny run away and get hit by a car? Ooh, the mail's here! <laughs> Sorry for your loss. There were no sympathy cards for bunnies, so I got you this all-porpoise card. That was very fast. I was going to say, Helen, was what my, the heck was the bunny thing about? Was my bunny's murder premeditated? Was this a setup? It sounds like it. Yes. Well, speaking about murderous setups, the Strangites. I give you a spoiler of the story well in advance, so I'm going to start from the beginning. James Strang was born in 1813 in New York. And he just had a really kind of not a super weird childhood, but there were just things that jumped off about him that like his mom required him to like just list all of his everything he said and did while she was like not around with him. Oh, that seems like a great way to occupy a child so they don't get into trouble. Oh, I have to write all this down. No. Yeah. So that was the first one that was kind of weird. Little, meh. but also, uh, Strang kept a, this was actually really cool. He kept a diary that he wrote in a code that wasn't deciphered until the 20th century. Cool. About when he was a kid. And he apparently just thought that he was meant for great things. Like he was going to be one of the next world leaders. But by age 19, he thought that a prerequisite of becoming one of the great leaders of the world was being part of the state legislator. Ah, the state legislature, 
and he was apparently bummed out because he was 19. He still had his diary written in code, and he just was sad that he hadn't been part of the state legislature yet. Oh and my. it was just like, life is passing me by. I'm so glad that that's not just a feature of our generation to be disillusioned at nine fucking teen because <laughs> you haven't done enough and you're comparing yourself against everyone else. Ah. So he wrote his journal in code so his mom couldn't read it and find out about the things he did? Yeah, that's weird, though. So he had because... his real journal and his fake journal about what he was doing? Two <laughs> copies. One of them, he cooked the books and, like, lied about his accounts, but he kept the real ones so he could keep track of the things he actually did. Took a nap for two hours, and then, in, like, the same day, just had, like, just sat up looking at the wall wondering, when am I going to be? Why haven't I become anything yet? Oh, no. Is that Mother? Coming, mother. Just waking up. Why would he write that in his journal? <laughs> uh, Stream of consciousness writer. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Why wouldn't yeah, you? If it's in secret code, then you don't have to worry about anyone reading it. True. July 20th. Saw a bird. July 20th. Real diary. I killed a bird. <laughs> I thought about my own mortality. And the bird's mortality. Oh no, mother's coming. I must hide this bird in my journal. <laughs> this bird is elected to the state legislature. We're all doomed. Doomed. <laughs> like a pressed flower. Just oh. a full on bird. Oh. Bird won't <clears throat> Bird won't close. <laughs> so he was a weird adolescent. Thought their bones were really hollow. <laughs> um yeah, he was apparently he spent a lot of time just musing about the world and about philosophy. He described himself i didn't check up on the source of the context for this but he described himself as a cool philosopher <laughs> which I'm i sure can it's only a imagine means like like cool headed cool. or something like that like a very rational person but it's just like he's a cool philosopher i do skateboard tricks and think about emmanuel kant Whoa. <laughs> Whoa, come on, guys. Dear Diary, today I did a sick kickflip and thought about Cartesian duality. Whoa, if my skateboard is real, but the kickflip tricks are merely conceptual, how do they meet? All right, that sounds a lot like me taking a philosophy class. <laughs> I took philosophy in college. I'm not ashamed. Do you hey, skateboard? No, no. Too frail. <laughs> Anyway, so he was originally um Baptist, but in 1844, he joined the recently formed Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and got to know Joseph Smith and got in his good books and was actually sent out to Wisconsin to establish a Mormon site at Vorey. So shortly after Strang went on his mission to Wisconsin, Joseph Smith was assassinated, and there was a power struggle over who was going to be the new leader of the Mormon church. Now, obviously, it was uh, Brigham Young that would take up that mantle, but James also put in a claim to the throne. He was summarily excommunicated from the Mormon church. Brigham Young apparently had a debate with another person who claimed to have Joseph Smith's mantle, but... He wouldn't even debate James. So James began to claim that he was the divinely ordained leader of the Mormon church. He said, again, said that he was visited by an angel when Joseph Smith died, which was supposed to be a requirement of being uh, the leader of the church. So supposedly, Strang produced first an account that he had been visited by an angel uh, at the time that Joseph Smith was assassinated. Second, he had a letter of appointment from Smith that said that he would be the leader of the church. I was really hoping it was a letter of appointment from an angel. 
Signed Angel. In the inside of an all pointless card. We ran out of the regular appointment letters. Here, I pick this one up. Yeah, these things, these weird tiny whales of the ocean. Do people know about porpoises yet? Maybe. I don't know. Love, Angel. So the letter is a huge point of contention. Some believe that it was forged, although certain people who examined the letter, it seemed to be like written in Joseph Smith's handwriting and his language. Uh, not, well, not language. What's the word? Like, Idiolite. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. That's a linguistics word. Style. I like it. Oh. What are you talking about? Idiolect. <laughs> huh. It's someone's personal style of speaking and the vocabulary together. They're idiolect. That's a good word. It's a great word. I'm going to add it to my idiolect. Yay! So uh, other contend that it was actually like the letter was a forgery. More like a five-jury. Max, can you explain that joke? It's uh, it's one more than forgery. Is five relevant five, four, to our discussion? Five, no. All right. I was making oh. a fun pun. Oh, no, Max is sad. Point of a, a pun is that both parts of the pun are relevant. Is it, though, Jackie? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's more important than a forgery, so it's like a five-jury. Or more, or better? I don't know. Okay, that, that's an acceptable reason yeah, sure. to make that joke. That's fine. Yeah. <sighs> All right, cool. Well, now that Max well, got his permission slip signed. That's my, ju- <laughs> that's my pun philosophy, and I think you all should know about it. So some believe that it had been a forgery. Others actually believe that it might have been a prank that some other member of uh, Brigham Young's <laughs> church had sent. In either case, though, they didn't know really what, like, if the letter was actually genuine or not. So he used that. And claimed that he was the leader of the church. I'm going to make this dude the most powerful man in Mormondom. <laughs> Idiot. That's such a mean prank. He doesn't need that pressure. But the thing is, like, a lot of people were actually, like, won over by this was believed to have been uh, enough proof that even Joseph Smith's mother and three of his sisters actually joined strain- the oh. Strangites. Um, Strangites. Joined the Strangites. The Strangletons. And there were another other famous people like Martin Harris joined his group at first. At first. Because it goes a little crazy after Who's this. Martin Harris. He was the publisher for the original Book of Mormon. So he, Joseph Smith's mother and three of his sisters, joined the the Strangites. Keep wanting to say Strangites. It's so tough. Just let yourself say Strangites, man. I'm going to say that Strangs. I'm my guitar, plucking my strings. Oh, you sing strings, not strings. Yeah. Okay. Part of my idiolect from a real homegrown idiot. <laughs> yeah. See, that was that a good pun? Really? Yeah. Yeah, that, that was good. You're going to get that permission slip signed? Mm-hmm. Punny and truthful. That was a good joke. Good job, Noel. The Strangites, number 12,000. At their peak, in comparison to Brigham Young's 50,000, which is pretty cool yeah. for a faction to have picked up that uh, amount of people. Yeah, those numbers beat the numbers of my religious group that I'm going to be talking about. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. They established their colony on Beaver Island in Lake Michigan, but almost immediately ran into problems and members defecting from the group. Too many beavers. 
They kept chewing down all the houses they tried to build and making dams out of them. Oh, no, the beavers tried to convert to Mormonism. And and they wouldn't let them in. They they rioted. Um, no. Jackie, you have any any swings in the batting cage that you want to take? I'm just saying the if the beavers had shown that they were, you know, capable creatures, uh, my religious group probably would have taken them in. Maybe if they were righteous and just, unlike the sodomites that we see in the wild. Beavers live lives of hedonism. Constantly busy building dams for their own sick pleasures. Drinking Who knows tea. what they do in there? What? Drinking tea. That's what happened in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, where they befriend those beavers. Talking to humans. Betraying them, right? Doesn't no. one of them betray? No. No? You're thinking oh, that it's Mr. Tumnus. Mr. Tumnus betrays them. Yep. Never mind. Fawns. My mistake. The they're, beavers are impeccable. They're imchewable. Because of their little teeth. Mm-hmm. Little beaver teeth. They chew. They don't peck. They don't peck. <laughs> They're not birds. Never find a beaver smushed between the pages of a diary. No. No. They'd, they'd build their way out. Chew their way out, more likely. Oh, My book. <laughs> I just wanted to smush a beaver. I just like smashing animals into my diary. Oh, but now I've been had. Why, this, this is just awful. I want to live again, Clarence. I want to live again. <laughs> I don't like seeing myself not having smushed all these animals. Bring me back to life, Clarence. I understand that I did wrong. So the big, uh... Those beavers foreclosed on my sweet friend's house with their beaver bank. Because I wasn't there to try and smush them, Clarence. Clarence, bring me back to life. Those <laughs> beavers put a hole in the ice so my brother would fall through and he wouldn't save anyone in the military. <laughs> I now see that I'm the richest non-beaver man in town. Thank you, everyone. You hear that? That's the sound of a beaver gnawing on wood. They say when a beaver gnaws on wood, an angel gets its wings. You did it, Clarence. You did it. Now I'm out to squash some beavers. (laughs) So no more angels can get wings. So Clarence can be the only one. Because he helped me. None of the rest did. They just kept appointing heads of the Mormon church. Damn angels. Wow. (laughs) Wow. So, Strang immediately started losing followers because he had a big about-face on what was uh, apparently a contentious issue that Mormons faced, which was the subject of polygamy. So, Brigham Young's with the main sect of the Mormons for polygamy. James Strang was against it, was against polygamy, but then suddenly became pro-polygamy when he became the anointed head of the church. So, if you want to guess, a little fun trivia game... Wait, nope, never mind. This is not a good trivia game. Okay. No, no, I was going to do what? Guess the median age of James's wives. Oh. I refuse. This is not a good game. There's no way this ends well if you have to ask. No, no, no. But what was it? 18 and 19. Can we guess the median height instead? That was not listed. 12 feet tall. Well, what's the standard deviation? I think things could go any direction depending on the standard deviation. Five wives, two at 18, two at 19, and one at 31. Oh, that's okay. I mean, that's not great. Still shows a weird power dynamic. Yeah. Yeah, he had that one of the most bullshit. Like, he, because he defended his tenant claiming that instead of enslaving or demeaning women, polygamy would liberate them and allow them to choose the best possible male based on anything they thought was important to them. Rather being, like, forced to wed people. 
due to the scarcity of suitable men. Yeah. So he started losing followers almost immediately for not only flipping, but then having that stance and trying to defend it. Yeah. Creepy. Yep. Anyway. Let's just all barf real quick. <laughs> God damn it, Jackie. Was that? Oh, wait. Is that your it's vampire my, barf it's my thing? my happy vampire noise. Happy vampire. Blah. <laughs> 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 So one thing that James Strang did was he apparently unearthed additional metal plates that contained additional texts about, well, not strictly the Book of Mormon, but basically another gospel in addition to what Joseph Smith had revealed. Mm -hmm. And unlike Joseph Smith, he actually showed people the plates. Oh, cool. They went disappearing in 1900, so... But people saw them first. But people saw them, but there was no ever real analysis on it. It was just that basically there were plates that had weird symbols on them. Oh, was it a secret code? Oh my god, that would have been amazing. Probably. Because no one decoded it until, the ni- until, until recently. No, because I think there are paper transcriptions of it. Of, his, of, the, of plates. the plates. not Just not the plates themselves, okay. but I don't think they match up to the, the, to the diary. diary. But oh, at bad. least it's the, the start. <laughs> Being like, if I had to make ancient texts, I would probably start with how I did my diary. So as I was reading through James Strang's philosophies uh, on the Strangites, there were a lot of cool kind of progressive things, though, for his time. Like the polygamy attitudes aside and some of the specifics around, you know, the divinity of Jesus versus the Trinity and like, but in actual day-to-day life, he actually was kind of cool that he really, for some re- reason, I didn't get into too deep into the philosophy. He didn't think that God could do all things and so kind of had the basis that there was some scientific component to how life progressed and actually thought that there would be a future generation that would make religion a science um, and to be studied by as exact rules as mathematics. Like Pythagoras and the ancient Greeks. Yup, only hundreds and millennia later, and yet he was still ahead of the curve. <laughs> there are fewer triangles in my studies. Oh, you know what? There's a triangle in the Trinity. But that's usually like overlapping circles is yeah. how it's shown. Never mind. I don't know. Okay. Wendell, where's the murder? I, I want to hear, hear it. Murder. 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 <laughs> no, because there's so many cool things that happen before the murder. Uh, okay, pre-murder. 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 Oh, my God. So other few things is that he allowed women to be priests and teachers in the church. Oh, that's cool. He immediately welcomed African-Americans into the church and quickly had them put into elder roles. That's very progressive for the time. Yeah. And he also believed that um, the only thing that God could not give to man was experience. And so that the whole purpose of free agency, the whole purpose of like life was for people to learn from their mistakes. And that the reason to be good was not to be punished or not to gain a reward, but to just live in the joy of just how good it is to be a good person. I like that. That is nice. Yeah. But he ran into a lot of problems. So first is he got crowned as a king of Beaver Island. (laughs) Fun fact, not all the inhabitants of Beaver Island were Strangites. Yeah, some of them were beavers. And not all of them were Strangites or beavers. They probably weren't into monarchies either. But did he really call himself king of Beaver Island? He said that he was king of the church, so he did not 
you know, believe that he superseded the territory or any of the provincial rules of the United States. But when you're living in a community that holds their sort of leader or most prominent figure as king, it sort of pisses off the non-Strangites that you have around. And so, yeah, he would walk around the town. He basically had a crown. uh, He had a robe. He had a a wooden scepter. (laughs) And we would just live in his town, even though not everyone in his town was... Little beaver attendants holding Uh, his train, (laughs) nibbling on his scepter. Just and then he was like, what? Beavers, come in here. You'll have to make me a whole new scepter again. And they just shook his head. He was like, I, I don't have power over these beavers. I can't stay mad at you. Look at that little face with your little buck teeth. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> so tensions arose between the Serangites and the other populace of Beaver Island because there were accusations that the Strangites were just appropriating property and just being like, it's ours! This is our land! Take that! And so they themselves were getting beaten up and having their homes robbed. <laughs> so just a lot of thievery going back and forth between that and the in the name of who was right. <laughs> Can't believe those cute little beavers would beat up humans. Mm-hmm. Be able to, even. So, word got around of... <laughs> Word got around of this, and Millard Fillmore ordered his district attorney to investigate Strang. And Strang was actually brought to trial on accusations of treason, of counterfeiting, and of trespass, and successfully defended himself in court. In his crown, robe, and scepter? That's the thing. I really wanted to... I could not find out if he actually wore his crown to trial. Probably not. Probably not. I would think he probably only wore these things when he was officiating masses or church services. I want to believe he always wore them. Like, I I just want to believe that. Yeah. I want to picture him, like, going to the store in his crown and robe and buying a big bag of flour, (laughs) checking out a play in his crown and robe, and I just want to ask him to take off his crown, and he's like, I'm the king, I can't take it off. (laughs) Who will my subjects know to be king? But the beavers can't watch from behind you because your crown is too big. They they want to see the show. Well, they can sit on my lap. Hey, beavers, come here. (laughs) Strang got somewhat of a reputation and got put into public attention due to uh, not only the court trial, but more information about the fact that there was this person claiming to be king of Beaver Island. And you know what happened? What? Military coup. He got elected to the House of Representatives. (laughs) Just like he always wanted. Just like he always wanted. Oh, that's nice. He made it. And apparently he was a very... It seemed that he did not wear his... Robe and crown. No. It said that he conducted himself very well. He introduced ten bills, five of which were passed. He seemed like he did a lot in organizing um, Michigan into counties and townships. And he also fought against the practice of trading liquor to Native American tribes because so many people were diluting it or putting dangerous chemicals in it. And so he fought to outlaw this. And Mormons don't drink, right? Or did his group? Uh, no. I don't know. His group actually had the same ban on alcohol, caffeine, and I think one other thing. Firearms. Really? No. That seems impractical. Uh, blood transfusions, probably. But I was thinking of alcohol, tobacco, firearms. Oh. <laughs> I was like, how How did they travel uh, west in the 1800s without firearms? So he made um, some enemies because of this practice and also continued tensions between the Strangites and the uh, non 
Stranger Guides are the Gentiles of uh, Beaver Island. And so we're going on to the assassination. Murder, 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 murder. It's too bad. He seems like a dude who actually had surprisingly good politics for his era. Yeah. Yeah. Like, sounds like an actual, like, in some ways, good person. In other ways, creepy. But, you yeah. know, for his time, not, not doing bad. Not doing bad at all. Let's hear about him getting killed. So he made enemies between members of the church who had left. Some of them had been excommunicated. There were people on the islands that weren't happy with him. There were people through his work in the house that, especially banning the trade of alcohol, that were against him. So he made a lot of enemies. And some of them were actually like just wrote him threatening letters and he just ignored them or just all point this card coming in handy <laughs> you will be killed <laughs> what what are these it's so festive and nautical i have so many of these all poipus cards one night he was attacked on a dock by two assailants and he was shot several times and then the assassins who had done this in front of of a naval vessel that was in the harbor that had people just on the naval vessel who didn't interfere or do anything took the assassins on board because they claimed sanctuary and so they got taken to trial and guess what they guess what their punishment was rebuilding beaver dams no becoming the new head of the church no these two assassins so uh james was joined the navy james wasn't dead at this time but they had uh shot him they had beaten him they jumped onto this naval vessel with people looking on claimed sanctuary got taken onto the mainland and were put to trial and they got off they had to nurse him back to health no a dollar 25 fine what they got fined a dollar 25 i mean that's more money in those day dollars but that's still not a lot of money for no. trying to kill a man it was but that's a dollar 25 each that's two dollars and 50 cents max that's so much money jackie <laughs> jackie I know it's a lot of money. They could have done all their laundry with that money. That is still not enough to no, pay off really. trying to kill a man. Yeah. Um. So Jackie, I, I agree. It was. Jackie? I swear, I agree. Jackie, how much would you be willing to pay to be cleared of my murder? How much do you think? Probably would... up until how much money I have. Yeah. You wouldn't go into debt to kill Noel. Yeah. No. But you would bankrupt yourself. Yeah. Okay. Oh. I thought it would be far less. <laughs> I was really thinking it would be a dollar twenty-five. <laughs> Is that what you'd want to be fine? Oh, oh! I was viewing this in a different manner. I was viewing this like if someone was saying they could get me off from this crime, like what's the upper amount? Not what would I choose oh, no. what, to pay to get away with would, it? What do you think is fair? Oh, what do I think is fair? <laughs> what's a fair price for Noel's life? To be cleared of ending Noel's life. Mm. Oh, this is toughy. Seeing that dollar twenty-five number racing around. Well, I'm thinking that first, before I murdered him, I would sabotage other areas of his life. So if you were to quantify, jeez, oh wow, I see, I see, really reduce the value, like like dropping a carton of eggs on the floor at the grocery store and then saying some of these eggs are broken. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So uh, I think. So I, you would seek to ruin, destroy, but destroy your interpersonal relationships and probably your job, and then the price would go down. Those who Jackie seeks to destroy, she first drives mad. Wow. That. 
I thought I would give a real answer. That was disturbing. Jackie, you think about these things. There's a dark black heart inside you, Jackie, and I, for one, love it. (laughs) So Strang was paralyzed, and his followers were actually evicted from Beaver Island. A lot of the speculation is that the trial was pretty much a sham, that these local communities were really trying to get this group out of their territory. And so Strang was attacked, paralyzed, and later died. The followers were evicted. A few of them stayed with him. Others of them went to, especially after Strang died, rejoined the Church of Latter-day Saints and adopted regular Mormonism. There are still a few groups of Strangites around uh, these days, although they number about 300. So, not a huge group. You're winning against my religious group. (laughs) Jackie's folding her arms and looking angry about it. (laughs) So, there are a few factions. There's one or two factions today that each claim they are the true successor um, to James Strang. Very small group that... They don't apparently practice a lot of the doctrines like animal sacrifice. I should have mentioned in the good versus bad column for James. He uh, was a proponent of animal sacrifice. No, no wonder one... the beavers wanted him gone. Yeah. He would have killed dozens of their relatives. Yeah. Okay, I'm starting to see how maybe I shouldn't have been rooting for Mr. Strang this whole time. Yeah, I forgot, I, I forgot about that one. Progressive in some columns, not in other columns. The church as it is today does not practice polygamy or animal sacrifice, although they recognize that they could if they wanted to. They could kill. <laughs> Damn. I like that they have that in the, in the role. <laughs> well, I think I, I don't think they quite worded it like that. I think it's more of that. God it's says a, it's okay if we choose to do it. It's a tenet of the faith that they just choose not to practice by like the, we just choose not to do it. We can. We like to. You, we decided not to. You sleep with one eye open, beavers. Sleep with one eye open. Man is here to experience the pure joy that comes from taking the life of animals in God's name. <laughs> yes. Noel's nodding. He's shaking. He's nodding his head. He's smiling. He's crying tears of joy. He's, he's oh, oh, he's unhinging his jaw. And, oh, he's out, out is coming a scroll. Oh, he's unrolling the scroll and it says, You're right, Max. Oh, turn that scroll over. There's a porpoise on the front. It's an all-porpoise card. How did you make me eat it? (laughs) Noel, you didn't need to eat it. It's been inside of you all along. (laughs) (laughs) It's an all-porpoise card. So that was it? Yeah. Damn. That went way over how long I thought it would be. It's okay. That'll let it down. We interrupted you a lot. We interrupted you a lot. Yeah. And you went into great detail about how you would hope to not pay as great of a fine for murdering me if you destroyed everything to my name first. Well, yeah, because everyone has people intrinsically have value as people, but I think probably have more value to society based on your relationships with other people. So if I want to knock that number down, can't get rid of your innate human value. So I gotta go with what I can. Just gotta slash it down a bottom bargain barrel prices. Crazy Jackie's bargain knoll lot. 
Come on down, she's slashing into personal relationships. You won't believe these deals! Friends, family, destroy all the relationships that Noel has in his life. You can't find a cheaper or sadder Noel anywhere. And if you can, I'll kill him. <laughs> I can, but I choose not to. <laughs> Just like the Strangites. Got it. So, Jackie, what's yours? Yeah. So, my story today is basically an overview of the Shakers. This was inspired by my rediscovery of a childhood book series that I really enjoyed called Dear America. And there was a counterpart starring young boys instead of young girls called My Name is America, if any of you are familiar with those books. It's basically a journal, uh, a historical fiction journal, written by kids in different times in American history. So I recently read one about Spanish influenza that involved this girl being orphaned and then being adopted by a community of shakers. And I was like, these shakers sound so cool. So I looked them up to give you the story today. Shakers are pretty fun. They Would you say that they were a great influenza on her? They had a special dance that we don't know today, because all of them are dead, because they didn't have sex or kids, and made furniture instead, and danced the night away. All right, well, Max did the whole story. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there are two left. Oh, okay. <clears throat> they live in Maine. One is 90 or 91, and the other is 61, probably. Okay, dang. So they're, it's going to be over soon, probably. Yeah. Plus, they're not a uh, evangelistic faith, so, you know, they don't really replace themselves. Mm-hmm. And they supposedly destroyed their, um, closed their covenant or whatever. They had, like, a written contract that you would have to sign to officially join the Shakers, and they apparently closed it in the 70s. Huh. Okay. So I don't think they're still accepting applications to Shaker life. That's too bad. I would have liked to maybe shake things up. <laughs> I mean, it seems like a pretty cool religion. So let's let's go back go back to the beginning. Mm -hmm. So the Shakers are an offshoot of the Quakers. They're originally the Shaken Quakers, but then they switched to the Shakers. That Shaken. sounds like such a like a minor league or college like basketball team from Pennsylvania. <laughs> the Shaken Quakers. They're taking the field. Yeah. So they actually started in England, and they were known as the Shaking Quakers because they had an ecstatic form of worship where they would dance. Basically, they would, like, spontaneously dance, have, like, spirit move them, basically. And um, England at the time was like, what? These people are experiencing emotion and God at the same time. This ben is too them. ostentatious. <laughs> That's probably the devil instead. And ban Christmas while we're at it. Yes, we and all hate Christmas. And pies. And theater. Everything fun. In the mid-1700s, Anne Lee, who was the leader of the Shakers at the time, brought herself and, I believe, eight followers to the United States. Um, and they were originally detained because they wouldn't swear allegiance <laughs> because it went against their faith. So they were detained for a long time, but then they were released because people felt bad for them. Oh. Yeah. So they moved to upstate New York around Albany, and they struggled there for quite some time. And this group was actually pretty cool because uh, Anne Lee, she was known as Mother Anne, and she was actually considered the female counterpart of Christ. So oh. she was like the second coming of Christ. And they believed in equality of the sexes. So they felt like Jesus was the male embodiment of God and she was the female embodiment of God. That's pretty cool. Basically. Equality of the sexes was a really big part of their belief system. So in the hierarchy of the church, they always had representatives between the elders and the eldresses. I love that name, the eldresses. Mm -hmm. ah. That's pretty cool. It's very good. 
Yeah, so they basically were very equal in that sense. But men and women were separated because they did, they believed in celibacy and in keeping, not creating special bonds between families. Like it should be a loving community for everyone. So men and women were separated almost all the time. All of their work was considered important, but the work was generally separated by sex. Like the men would do most of the farming and carpentry and that sort of stuff. And then the women did more cooking, handicrafts, that kind of thing. So there was still gendered roles, but they were still equal in importance and governance. So they also believed in common property ownership. No one had personal property. They believed in confessing their sins, and they believed in ordered speech and movement and separation from the world. So they were creating their own little villages and communes. And they called people who weren't part of them the world's people, which is, I kind of like that. (laughs) They're separate from the world. So their whole thing was that they wanted to make the world as perfect as heaven, like try and make the most perfect thing that they can. So that basically led them to doing things with care and making things with quality. So if you've ever heard of like Shaker furniture or Shaker architectural styles, it's because they were so hardworking and attentive to making things as good as they could that their quality just shone and they were able to sell a lot of their goods and support themselves and their communes through selling the things that they made. That's so good it's heavenly. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Their little tagline was, hands to work and hearts to God. Oh, that's very sweet. Yeah, right? Isn't it cute? Yeah. Yeah, and, and they danced. And that was their, their worship style was dancing and singing. As they made furniture? Like a, like, uh, a, like a little barn raising, like in uh, Oklahoma. That's what I'm imagining right now. Raising a barn and just singing about it the whole time. And like they look around a corner and a beaver's chewing on their furniture and they're just like, put their hands on their hips and shake their heads and the beaver looks guilty and then it cuts to them, smash cuts to them dancing. <laughs> uh, then a smash cuts to them making up their differences with the beaver and then smash cuts to them using the beaver as a power tool to help make their furniture by like running its teeth along an edge and it goes and uh, makes a nice little engraving on it. That sounds like an innovation to me. Well, you know, the, the shakers, their dedication to quality really shone through and maybe it was because they were, you know, trying to... Uh, you know, innovate within their style. Maybe trying new things like Flintstoning some beavers into power tools. <laughs> but you know what power tools they did invent? The circular saw. What? Yeah, How they... did they make that out of beavers? <laughs> um, uh, they hooked it up to water to make it move. And that's true. <laughs> okay. There aren't actually beavers, though. Oh. I was about to say, what do you call a dead beaver? A pelt. A pelt. Yeah. Circle saw made out of pelts. And teeth. Pelts and teeth. That's my motto. <laughs> Wait, yeah, what What was that? Hearts and hands to get... Um, um, it was hands to work, hearts to God. Hands to work, hearts to God. Beavers to Versus saws. pelts and teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. <laughs> In the matchup between the Noel Beavers and the Quaken Shakers... There are two mottos, hands to work, hearts to God, versus pelts and teeth. Here we go, coming up on the court. And oh, the, the old beaver teeth have the ball, and oh, oh, and it's been taken by the Quaken Shakers. And oh, here they go, coming up the court, coming up the court. Oh, they've started dancing, and they've forgotten about the ball. The old beavers have it again, holding their awful little teeth. And oh, they've popped the ball. That's going to be a big penalty there, Cotton. It's a bold strategy. I think it'll pay off. Who won? Who won? Who won? The viewing public. Oh, yeah, not but... In more specific terms. Who won? Uh, it was a draw. Zero to zero. Oh, that's not exciting. 
technically the Beavers went to negative points because of all the penalties. I don't know how basketball works. <laughs> Especially since the score was still zero to zero. Well, you know, it's like zero to zero, but they had negative. I mean, te- technically, but negative points don't really count, you know. And that just evens out to zero. They would have had negative points if you know they could make the scoreboard go negatives, but they can't. The end. No moral. Jack, can you tell them more of your story? Sure. Um, in 1786, they built their first meeting house, and they eventually had 19 Shaker villages across the eastern part of the United States, stretching from Maine to Kentucky. They had very liberal membership. Anyone could join, including black people and Jews, could join if they wanted to. They had to settle their debts first in the world. They had to settle their worldly debts, and then they could join. But they'd have to give up family ties and personal property. So in, even entire families would join, and then they would have to like no longer be married, not have special bonds with their children, but with everyone. So it was a really big change if you were joining as a family. Yeah, I don't yeah. I don't think I'd do that. That sounds hard. Yeah. Especially with those little, you know, tiny kids running around, and you're like, you're not my son. He's like, Papa, why? He's like, no, don't call me Papa. I would imagine you would still feel some tenderness. I mean, yeah. I mean, biologically speaking. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. Yeah. That's how that works. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying the pelts and teeth religion does not have such a restriction. You can have as many bonds as you want, as long as they're with beaver pelts. Mm-hmm. We are all joined at the ankle with beaver pelts. <laughs> oh, God. That's <laughs> disturbing. Yes, and yes. Yes, it is disturbing, but we can run a mean 10,000-leg race. So... The Shakers were at their height around the time of the Civil War, where they had 6,000 members. So the population of the Shaker villages grew from adoption and conversion of people converting and also just kids being adopted, which is pretty cool. Before before there were government agencies, religious groups would just get bunches of children. So that's how they got a lot of their members. But when their members turned 21, they got to choose if they wanted to stay within the community or leave and become world's people instead some people left some people didn't the shakers were also like a known place where you could come and be welcomed so a lot of times in the winter when living was harder there would be people who just joined the shakers for the winter and then left because for the summer when the living was easier um and they were known as winter shakers and they weren't they weren't like ostracized at all the shakers were just like come live in our community work hard like contribute and you'll be welcome. I'm surprised they weren't called the Shivers the if shivers. they were the Winter Shakers. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> very proud of myself. It's very good. Yeah, so it just sounds really cool. And they were very industrious and early adopters of things. Like the Shaker Village in New Hampshire was the first place in New Hampshire to have electricity and a car. So they were really like early adopters. They felt that time-saving and labor-saving devices were things that God would want because it's saving them time. It's giving more time for devotion and other and other things. So they were big on innovating. They invented a steam-powered washing machine. They invented the circular saw, like we mentioned before. Was the steam-powered washing machine just steam? Because you can just steam so. things clean. I don't think it was that. Oh. I think it was like the steam turned it. Okay, and then it just came out of a spigot and it was just steam. <laughs> <laughs> they also invented the clothespin which is something we still use today. I use clothespins. Yeah. They also were one of the biggest groups to sell seeds in packets. Like, that was a very big and profitable thing for them. They also invented the flat broom. Previously, the bristles on a broom would be uh, in, like, a curved pa- in a curved manner. 
they invented the flat broom. So they were they were just really big innovators, and they would sell these things that they would make. And they only started to patent things when um, other people stole their designs and did stuff, did bad stuff like that. So they spread their innovations by selling them and just kind of made themselves a living through their farms and selling their goods that they would make. They were also famous for furniture, including a chair that had some sort of ball bearing in it so you could lean back and not tip over. Now that is a chair I could use. I am constantly falling out of chairs. It's called the shaker tippet. Uh, tippet. That's not right. The shaker tippet. The, <laughs> the shaker tipped chair. Ah. Or tilting, sorry. The shaker tilting chair. Tilting chair. So they started to decline in population post-Civil War. They were pacifists, so they didn't take sides in the Civil War at all. They were some of the first conscientious objectors in the United States. But after the Civil War, there was more of an industrial economy. So people who ordinarily might come to the Shakers for, you know, a good, stable life found that they had opportunities elsewhere of getting jobs in cities and other more industrial things. So the population's slowly decreased, and they soon found themselves being mostly women because uh, these economic advantages were not for women in the world, so their communities became mostly women because they could enjoy equality of dignity and place in the church. And adoption practices changed. Social services started taking care of adoptions, so they no longer could just adopt a lot of children. And their population just kind of declined. And today there are two left in Maine. What are their names? Their names are Brother Arnold Hod, or Had, and Sister June Carpenter. They sound cool. Let's go party with them. Yeah, most um, Shaker communities are now uh, museums that you can visit. It seems really nice and peaceful. What happened to the Shaker style of uh, architecture and furniture? Oh, it's still living, still kicking. I'm glad that that's that's been adopted by non-Shakers. Yeah, because it had such high quality. Um, people really liked the design because it was all simplicity and function. So their legacy like, lives on. Like what IKEA claims to be, but in fact is not. Have you ever seen just a wall with a lot of pegs on it? Yeah. In one line? Yeah. That's a Shaker thing. Whoa, yeah. pegs. pegs. Who knew? They used pegs for everything. They would put their Shaker chairs on pegs. What? Because their chairs were so light. Hang up those chairs. Hang up them chairs. So that story wasn't particularly goofy, but I just thought they were really cool. Yeah. I wanted yeah. to share that. Yeah, they seem neat. We're not all about goofy stories. We're also about learning <laughs> and cool stories. Here on Anachronismo. So they endured for 200 years, and the um, the two last Shakers do not say that Shakerism was a failed utopia. They say that the ideals still live on, and they don't consider it one of the failed utopias that were popular around that time. <laughs> there were a lot of failed utopias around that time. We should do an episode on failed utopias. I've thought about doing that a lot, but I found that the information is not It's great. not, yeah. It's not easy to find. It's true. But that would make it more interesting for listeners. If only we had a budget. <laughs> Let's do a what if they met. Sure. What if they met? What if they both had met? They what never they met, met, but if they met, they would have met in history. What if they met, they would have met and made some friends or may be enemies. What if they met, what if they met. See, I was doing a hi-ho kind of thing, and you guys just went free freestyle jazz fusion on me. I'm not mad, I'm just interested. I thought they complimented your melody. Well, thank you. I do like compliments. What if... Mother Anne, female embodiment of Christ, yeah. met Mr. Strange. 
Mr. Strange. <laughs> Doctor Strange. He actually probably more would backstory on him. Fought it out. They would have fought it out because one of his things was he did not believe in the Trinity. He thought that Jesus was a full human. Sorry to bring the bummer mood down. We could get into the hypotheticals. No, no, no. Yeah, keep explaining. The thing was that Jesus, didn't, the Trinity didn't make sense. Therefore, Jesus had to be fully man and sort of, I guess, earned God's grace through his suffering and being like the ideal of what all humans should strive to be. That's so cool. So they probably would have disagreed <laughs> very heartily about it. So yeah, would have gotten into a big old dance fight. I was going to say fist fight, but it would have been a dance fight. Because they're both pacifists, right? Uh, yeah. So yeah. If it, it wouldn't have come to blows. They would have been like, okay, we got to dance this out. Whoever dances better, they got to leave religion. Hmm. Well, Mother Anne did take her show on the road of trying to get people to join the Shakers for a while. Like, she would tour and lecture to try and get converts mm-hmm. so i think she probably instead of setting up a fight would probably just set up a lecture tour that went through beaver island okay so they would have debated in front of an audience of beavers strang in his robe crown and scepter mother anne in her beautifully simple shaker clothes i assume yep very yep. simple one of them in no touch. adornment at all mm-hmm. yeah i think she would have been more in touch with the beavers yeah but, I mean, it's hard to argue, what, five wives versus no wives? I mean, it's the ultimate battle of, like, differences, like, opposites. Five wives, no wives, adornment, simplicity, animal sacrifice, being weirded out by animal sacrifice, <laughs> making making furniture, probably not making furniture. Dealing and claiming furniture from the inhabitants of the island who don't share your faith. Getting assassinated, not being assassinated. Yeah, they didn't believe in capital punishment or um, war. Any of that. So Strang would have opened up the debate by sacrificing an animal live on stage as his like, opening act. And Mother Anne would have been like, whoa. And Buddha would have been like, really grossed out. Mm-hmm. So, you know. But what if Mother Anne called up her parish or community, I yeah. guess? And then they all did a dance. A shaker dance squad. Okay, okay. So her opening act, beautiful shaker dance squad. Now, it doesn't have and, the... Sp- like, so would it be? So this would be early Shakers because it's Mother Anne. Yeah. So they weren't choreographed, and there was nothing was set in stone about what kind of dancing you could do. So this could be very ecstatic dancing. I, it's only later that things were prescribed and meaning was attributed to each movement, and everything was super choreographed. So this could have just been like shock and awe, kind of. I'm picturing one of them definitely doing the worm. <laughs> <laughs> like absolutely doing the worm in front of all the rest of them doing like crazy wild dances with arms and legs all a, a flying and akimbo. Ooh, maybe. Maybe somebody does a backflip over the one doing the worm. You know, gets caught by people in the audience, gets splattered with beaver blood from Strang's whole sacrifice. It's going on concurrently. Like they're fighting for like for the applause meter, you know? <laughs> you know, back and forth. I think Mother Anne would just leave. I don't think they're into the applause meter. Okay. Yeah. Unless it's a high-quality, well-built applause-a-meter. <laughs> With simple pegs holding it together. The first man, at the like, shakers had stayed around through modern times, was like, the first man sent to space, sent on a spacecraft made of pegs. All pegs. We don't know how they lived, but they did. <laughs> I mean, the shakers would be into Velcro. I think it's an innovation useful for space. They'd be all about adopting Velcro in space. Mm-hmm. Being an innovation. The shakers... Though there are only two members, have an active Twitter. Ah, I love it. You know, I just thought about it, this debate again, though, and 
other than the differences in like the trappings of the face, the marriages and the building things, they both created a lot, a lot of like equality things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe they would have gotten along. I don't. They thought that sex was uh, like the fountain of all sin. Fountain, big old okay, sex fountain. fountain. <laughs> I use that word myself, but oh, that okay. wasn't the word they used. But they thought that sex was like. What caused the problems in Eden. But they were both cool with black people. That's true. Yeah. Both against drinking. Yeah. I'm saying. Just saying. No, yeah, they do have a lot of commonalities. And they're taking place around the same time. This is like yeah. the 17s, 1700s mm-hmm. to their heyday in the eighteen mid-1800s. Yeah, and that's when uh, Mormonism, I think, was 1840s. We'll just make the dividing line. The west of Kentucky's for the Mormons, east of Kentucky's for the Mormons the and the Shakers can't be friends. The Mormons and the Shakers can't be friends. So grab yourself a beaver and a nice a shaker cleaver. And- <laughs> the Mormons and the Shakers can't be friends. <laughs> Kill the beavers. <laughs> Mormonism when the Shakers have a religion that's different from your religion. You'd separate the United States. To the west we have the Mormons. To the east we have the Shakers. And where they meet, uh, there is a river. The river's for the beavers so they don't have to die to the Mormons. Okay. So I left out one essential fact, I guess, about the Shakers. They're, the true name of their religious society was the United Society of Believers in Christ's Second Appearing. It just seemed, that's the fact I should have mentioned. Earlier. United Society of Believers in Christ's Second Appearing. Mm-hmm. In Mother Anne. Yeah. It's not, a, it doesn't go in songs as well. Yeah, I was trying to think of make an acronym out of it. And it's not really a word. U-S-B-C-S-A. Uzbeka. The Uzbeka. Yeah, Shakers is catchier. Well, that's going to do it for us here on Anachronismo. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked us, please drop us a rating on iTunes and tell your friends. Maybe, um, you know, reach out to us on Twitter. Uh, we're at, at Anac Podcast. That's A-N-A-C Podcast. Or you can email us at itsanachronismo at gmail.com. We're soon to join the Make Fun Network, which, who knows, maybe this episode will be released as part of the Make Fun Network. In which case, hey, we're on the Make Fun Network. Yeah. Woo. It's very exciting. And we're excited to keep bringing you more good history and comedy content. Yeah. Perhaps a Utopia episode to come. Yeah, I would love to do a Utopia episode or a Dinotopia episode. I'm intrigued. I just, it'd just be about the author of Dinotopia or about the real historical Dinotopias. Oh, yeah. Whoa. That's what I want to hear about. And we'll see you next time here on Anachronismo. Is your most important. Clarence, it's as if Noel had no relationships. <laughs> oh, to bring me back to life. I don't want to see him this sad. Oh, I was his only friend. And Jackie just took him all away. What, why'd you do it, Jackie? Why'd you do it, Jackie? To get away with it. Hello, police. There's a woman sabotaging my relationship with my family across the street. Send the cops, please, quickly. Family, don't you recognize me? Or has Jackie removed every memory of me from your mind? Oh, Clarence, I don't like this at all. That was specific and scary.